Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. It's National Bad Poetry Day. There once was a man from Nantucket. I'll let you guys Google the rest of that one. Are you listening? Yes, you are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Edgar Allen Cheeseman. And this is Chad, the sugar rushes over, so wash. And on this week's show, iSim CEO says, see ya. The EEOC chalks up a win against AI and college degrees. We don't need no stinking college degrees. Let's do this. What's up, man? What is up? Got your Buckeyes jersey on. I'm so For those excited. of you watching on YouTube can see that. That's if right. you haven't checked us out on YouTube, please do so Come at youtube.com slash at Chad Cheese. <laughs> yes. I'm, uh, I'm pretty stoked. A couple of things, though. I think right out of the gate, you wanted to uh, throw, some, throw some love out to uh, Maui and, and Hawaii. Yes, it would behoove us to mention the the fires in Maui. My first marriage was in Maui, so there is a certain certain place in my heart uh, for the island. Mm-hmm. But just the visuals and the stories are just just horrible. Yeah, it's crazy. If you can, there are a lot of donation platforms and 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 charities that are helping out Maui. If you can, if you can, go on the web, search some some causes that you're in favor of, and yes, find a reputable charity and get some cash to them, get some clothes to them, get to whatever whatever you can. I think that uh, that's the key. Stay away from the scams on uh, I don't know Twitter. Don't <laughs> don't. Don't go to an at handle and give money. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so speaking of football, yes. you're in your football jersey and mm-hmm. football is right around the corner, but we have some women's World Cup that's going down. We got yeah. Spain and England, yes, two traditional powerhouses. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming with your Portuguese heritage and real estate <laughs> empire that you're leaning Spain or is there a rivalry there that you hate Spain? I, no, I don't know. I, I definitely, I love Spain. I mean, I go to La Liga games w- when I'm there. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the Spanish, the Spanish women look great. The Brits are, are having s- s- some injury issues as, as we yep. said in the green room. Uh, and I would love to see Spain win. That would be, that would be pretty great. Uh, but Portuguese, not too fond uh, of the Spanish, but I think they would rather see Spain win than England. Yeah. England is kind of the, the U.S., the mini America uh-huh. over in Europe. So if, if anybody's hated the most in Europe, I'm going to go ahead and say it's, a, it's probably the U.K. Okay. Followed by probably the Danes or somebody, the Swedes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And you're going to follow along because you've only been on the Brit train. Hey, 64% Ancestry.com uh, can't be wrong. I, I got a root for the uh, the lionesses. <laughs> the lion, lioness eye. Yeah. I don't know what the, yeah. what the. I just want to see a great match. And they've there's been some pretty great matches. So uh, can't wait. And Messi keeps tearing it up. That dude may uh, may officially bring soccer to the U.S., He's he's going to prove you wrong because you said you, there was no way that no. even Messi can bring and and I think that like back in the Beckham days, you know, th- there's kind of like been this nudge yeah. of soccer in the U.S. where it's gotten more popular, it's gotten more popular, it's gotten more popular. Um, now we can watch Premier League on TV where we couldn't back then, uh, La Liga and and even Bundesliga, which yeah. I love watching all that. 
Um, so I, I think that it's it's a lot more popular. And then you got you got the goat. I mean, this guy is the greatest of all time. There's no fucking and he, he just is. He's here in the U.S. He is lighting things up and he is filling fucking stadiums and that to me is yeah, just it, amazing it, you've seen billy madison adam sandler when it what is it dodgeball yeah. or he's just destroying that's basically <laughs> what it looks like the the friendlies that are played when manu comes over or chelsea like i think that's cool uh-huh. and, and apparently the demand yeah. is so high on apple uh that that there's rumors of apple buying uh espn because there's so much appetite for the soccer uh that's on um, wow. apple tv so anyway that's that's uh, that's Amazing. rumors that uh, that I'm hearing on CNBC. <laughs> shout out! <laughs> Let's get to some shout outs, shall we? We got a lot of content to cover on this week's show, so I'm going to give a shout out to Robo Taxis in California. If you haven't heard, California regulators have voted in favor of Robo Taxi operators expanding their paid driverless services in the city of San Francisco. A major milestone toward commercializing the technology. You can guess what happened next, uh-huh. Chad. Just one day after the vote, driverless vehicles brought traffic in parts of San Francisco to a standstill. A group of around 10 robo-taxis stopped in the middle of a city street for about 15 minutes with their hazard lights on, while cars with human drivers were stuck behind and between driverless ones with no option but to wait until the situation resolved. Robo-taxi company Cruise blamed the issue on, quote, wireless bandwidth constraints, due to a nearby music festival. So things are off to a great start. Shout out to Robo Taxis in beautiful San Francisco. Love that. Uh, My first shout out is going to be somewhat of a rant, okay? Okay. I like these. It's been a while. It's been a while. Get it out, baby. It has. It has. Uh, Shout out to all the people saying the market is down and tightening up, okay? So we've both heard this. We've heard Mm -hmm. this. We've heard it on TV shows, on podcasts, even on fucking calls that we've both been on. Uh, Okay, kids, listen up. The market was fucking flooded, with ridiculous amounts of cash for years. And that was not normal. We saw an amazing amount of startups created. Yes. Unicorns uh, fed with mountains of cash. Yes. Uh, TAMs exploded. Vaporware narratives grew all across this fine land. That wasn't normal. Uh, what we're feeling today, this, this is normal. And because of that sugar rush, as we predicted for years on this very show, uh, we're going to see consolidations dead unicorns, and a vast amount of startups that were just going to quickly fade away. But this is this is great news that companies who aren't solving real problems are just vaporware or overhyped platforms and horrible go-to-markets that we've seen left and right. Well, they won't be around long because only the incredibly well-disciplined are going to survive. So the market has been noisy and crowded. But on the positive side, We're going to get a much better market full of products that are more honed, more focused, and just better for the end user. So shout out to all of those startups out there who are honing those skills and they're not spending cash like uh, drunken sailors. And we will continue with the fun-filled layoff reports every week when (laughs) when the shit hits the fan. There'll be bills. fadeaway reports, much like Juneco. They're still not back. <laughs> fadeaway acquisition. Juneco.co. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, Chad. Uh, sometimes you want to just get in that DeLorean and go back to the future and uh, make 
make new decisions or different choices really? from days in the past. And really? if we could go back to, to 2005 in our own industry, Chad, mm. I bet Monster and Career Builder might have thought twice about letting their content go freely to Indeed yes. for that heroin drip of traffic. <laughs> well, fast forward to today, we see where Indeed is, and now we see where Monster and Career Builder exactly. are. Yes. The media, and particularly journalism, mm-hmm. is in a similar situation. Back in the same time frame, they had a uh, Google sharing their stuff uh, yeah. freely on Google. Well, while Google made buckets of cash, New York Times, Washington Post, LA, Trump, LA Times, etc., uh, faded into the abyss afterglow <laughs> of, of big profits. Yes. Well, apparently they've learned their lesson, Chad. My shout out goes out to the New York Times. This mm-hmm. week has reported that they are basically blocking AI. So open AI companies that are using their content to build mm-hmm. large language models well, that's a threat to New York Times. Hopefully, they've learned their lesson. They've blocked their content from those services. I'm sure they would give it up for a fee, though, Chad. And I'm sure it's a fee that Google's Bard or Microsoft, who's an investor in OpenAI, would freely write some checks to get access to the New York Times content. Shout out to them. And if you're a New York Times shareholder, that's probably good news, too, in the long run. Shout out to the New York Times. Yes. And if you haven't heard of Google's Gemini project, that is beyond barred. So go check that out. And and that project won't be getting New York Times as What's well. it called again? Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Which you and I are both Gemini's. From both Gemini's, yes. And we, uh, should yeah. we should know. So, we should so, know. So uh, I created an office hours session on my calendar a couple of years ago uh, so that startups who reach out looking for advice could get 30 minutes with me. So I dedicated about five hours a week to those sessions. And then the last three months, requests have gone crazy. They've exploded on my calendar. Uh, so I wanted to, to give a shout out to all the eager startups out there who are digging in. They're hyper-focused. Yep. They're looking for advice. They're looking for answers. If it takes a few weeks for me to get back with you, my apologies, but I will get back with you. In the meantime, soak up these weekly episodes, kids. All right, all right, all right. How am I just now hearing about your open office hours? Like, can you sign up at chadcheese.com? Do I need to DM you? Like what? I didn't, I didn't make it something that was, uh, that was public as of mm-hmm. yet because I had so many startups just naturally coming to me. LinkedIn, Twitter. I mean, wherever they could find me, they would message me uh-huh. and I automatically had just a link set up to office hours. And it would be it would be nice and easy. So it it, kept, it gave me an opportunity to meet some of the new startups that are out there, get some ideas of what was going on, you know, those types of things and, and give them a, at least a little nugget of advice before uh-huh. they came on firing squad, possibly and got okay. shot, the, shot the shit. And, and this is free of charge to them. Yeah. All right. Well, if you were if you were flooded before, we've just talked about <laughs> it on the show. I'm sure the, the calls will stop after after we talk about yeah. about this one. All right, let's get free shit. Yes. Uh, which also is free of charge here on the show, thanks to Love our uh, generous sponsors. If you haven't signed up, you got to go to chatcheese.com. Our listeners know this. Click the free link. Give us your information. We're talking free t-shirts, mm-hmm. really soft, plush, top 100% grade Tri-blend. A t-shirts. Oh. Yeah. Tri-blend. Mm. Uh, yeah, really nice t-shirts from our friends at JobGet. 
We've got bourbon. Chad and I each select a uh, bourbon of choice, and we send it to you. Uh, that's from our friends uh, at Text Colonel. The winner of this month uh, for whiskey goes to Cody Nelson. Uh, we've got beer from our friends at Aspen Tech Labs. Uh, listener Eddie O'Neill is enjoying some free beer on us this nice. month. And rum has partnered with us. They want to send uh, a birthday each month a very nice bottle of rum, rum with plum. Get it, Chad? That's what we do it, here. Yeah, we that's we nice, market that's shit nice. on the show, Chad. And, but you can't win <laughs> if you don't play the game. And you got to go to chadcheese.com, click that free link, and give us your information for a chance at all these these wonderful goodies. And did you see uh, Chris Cleland gave us a shout out on LinkedIn after taking the plum assessment? Because we always throw out there, hey, if you haven't had your plum assessment, it's free. It's kind of cool. Gives you little yeah. insights on yourself. Apparently, he got his plum assessment and he says it was spot on. So all you have to do is go to plum.io. Check that bad boy out. There you go. You mentioned plum. Plum is we'll get to travel. I don't know if you want to jump to that yet. Oh, the shaker hat's coming on. Again, our YouTube viewers know about this. All right. Let's start breaking down our travels uh, coming up, Chad. Oh, kids, we are four weeks out from Wreckfest. I'm I'm starting to get get the shivers right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, where the Chad and Cheese will be emceeing the Disrupt stage all day on day one at Bicentennial Park in Nashville, Ooh. Tennessee, with special guests, Alin and Tracy from the Talent Rebel Cast, and those crazy Canucks, Serge and Shelly from the <laughs> Recruitment. Lex podcast. (laughs) They're going to wreck our show. I guarantee it. Uh, If you haven't been to Wreckfest before, Joel, what is Wreckfest like? Wreckfest, it's the first time in America. Uh, We know the show very well in England. I'm I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing the Brits are bringing the game that they have in Nebworth to Nashville. Uh, Mm. We're talking circus tents. We're talking Ferris wheels. I'm still lobbying for the mechanical bull. No, they're we're, having a mechanical oh, bull. Okay, all right. Yes. See, this is a conference that's that listens to the fans. They and do, they listen they do. and they, yeah. they, they follow through. So mechanical bulls, uh tents, great food. I'm assuming some some food trucks will be there with some great yeah. oh, Nashville hot chicken. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, yes. Chad. Nashville hot chicken, some barbecue, I'm sure. Good, good stuff. But Chad, every good party. Yes. needs a damn good pre-party. Is there one in town? Have you heard? So the Chad and Cheese want to ensure that Wreckfest starts out with a bang, uh, a bang, bang, if you will. Nice. What's that about? Most people don't even know what that tin roof rusted means. You should look it up. Oh, the kids. Anyway, uh, on September 12th from 7 to 9, we're going to be at the Tin Roof, a bar right on Broadway. That's where everything happens, kids. Mm -hmm. We're 50 lucky listeners. That's 5-0 lucky listeners. uh, We'll get to enjoy free drinks. Free food, Nashville music, and a little up close and personal time with the Chad and Cheese. None of this, none of this, kids, would be possible without our friends over at Aaron App and Plum.io. Yes, yes. Are you are you are you feeling the pre FOMO yet? I am feeling. I'm feeling it. And I, (laughs) Chad, the rumor is. Nashville hot chicken lollipops. Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Can you chicken say? On a stick? Can you say careless whisper to my belly, Chad? 
Nashville hot chicken lollipops. And we're not talking about just beer and wine, Chad. No, no, no. no. That's, that's not how we roll, baby. We're huh? talking, we're talking whiskey. We're talking bourbon, whiskey, shelf, scotch, baby. Irish. Ah. Not, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo Trace, like uh, everything. You're going to be happy at this, at this party, Chad. It's not even live yet. If you're listening and you're a big fan, you're going to be Little in tease. Nashville. Mm. Hit hit Chad and I up on the DMs. We'll 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 see if we can fit you in on that Evite no uh, Evite list uh, and get you in this party. But it's going to be a, a awesome time on Broadway. Just the right just the right start to the party. Just to get your get you get your beak wet. Yes. Get your beak wet. Get your mind right, and uh, it's going to be a be a hell of a time. And like Chad said, great sponsors with Aaron. And plum foot in the bill for the good time. Yes. It's birthday time. Can you feel the tension <laughs> in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Talk of plum, man. I can't I can't stay away from the sound bite. So another, another trip around the sun for some of our, our listeners. Uh, that includes Sean Kelleher, Brian Thompson, who you might remember we met a couple Canadians. Oh yeah, rec text. The last time we were both in Nashville, and we had some, uh, yep, we had some hot chicken. Yeah, learned about rec text, and uh, met a couple crazy Canadians, Brad and Brian. Happy birthday to Brian Thompson. Also, Marley Huckabee, Pete Succi, Alex Campo, Julie Personius, Brittany Kaiser, Chris Long, Stephen Fogarty, Richard Cho, and Jerry the Godfather Crispin. All celebrating another trip around the sun. Sean Kelleher and I actually uh, were together, 18-year-olds down in Panama together. We were uh, in the army together back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Big, big uh, shout out to Sean. Happy birthday, buddy. Okay. I love it. So, you have a football jersey on. I got my Factory Fix t-shirt on, Chad. We got to talk about fantasy football, one of my favorite things each year. Yes. We get 12 guys together. We play fantasy football yes. every week. We're going to do the power rankings. Uh, what, what do you call it in a in a, in soccer? The something board, the league the, table, uh, the, the, the yeah. league table. We'll read the league table, the tables, uh, yeah, the tables. But I can't wait. I love fantasy football. I love football. So uh, shout out to Factory Fix. Wearing my t shirt. Yes. Uh, maybe we can get some t shirts for everyone in the league this year. Everyone that signed up, uh, you know, stay tuned on that one. But always, always excited for a little fantasy football with my real football. Exactly. A couple of real quick events. We've got GEMS 2023 Virtual Talent Summit that's happening September 20th. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be at HR Tech Mandalay Bay, October. Joel and I are going to be in the Fuel 50 booth two days, two yep. days in a row, right? Probably you might be able to come over and get some beer from us. I don't know. We got to sneak it past the guards. Anyway, all of these wonderful events that we're going to go to chadcheese.com slash events or just go to chadcheese.com, click events in the upper right hand corner and register, baby. Love to see you there. Topics. People are gonna hate us for this episode. All right, all right, but we we got some good blood in the streets for the first story, everybody. Oof. All right. No, November of last year, iSims announced Brian Provost would lead the company, replacing CEO Steve Lucas, who had been CEO since 2020. If my math is right, that's less than a year for the latest CEO, Chad. With no official announcement yet, details are sparse. But Chad, what's your take and what have you heard about this news out of iSims? 
I literally just received an official announcement. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, kind of like the impact on this bad boy. So this is from, uh, from iSIMS. Uh, Brian Provost has resigned from his position as CEO of iSIMS, a decision that he made for personal reasons. A search is underway for a new CEO who can help pave the way for our next phase of growth and innovation. There's a lot more, but that uh, pretty much contextualizes what happened. This was not designed, kids. Uh, right out of the gate, we had uh, people pinging us saying, oh, look what happened. They must be down. They kicked him out already. Literally, I think it was Monday morning mm-hmm. or Monday or Tuesday morning. It was early this week. I got on the phone with PR. They were... This person was on vacation. She had no clue. And this is yeah. not how iSIMS works. This is not how Vista works. If something's yeah. happening and it's designed, then there will be this smart rollout, right? This was not, they, they were shocked. They were, they, they did not know what happened. So I don't know what, what's happening. Hopefully that Brian and his family are okay. Yeah. Again, hopefully everybody's okay. Uh, but uh, this, is, this is not something that was designed. Yeah, we have some audio from the investor meeting following this announcement. No, God, please, no, <laughs> no, no. So a little backstory. Uh, iSIMS was owned by the same guy for a long time, got a big investment, and they brought a new CEO. And the uh, the, the idea was IPO, Yes. roll this baby out, mm-hmm. and the pandemic happened. And then inflation happened, and the market crap you know so, shit dumps happen yeah. right so yeah. so lucas who was there for three years guy was at marketo like had the marketing chops to kind of take this thing to the next level mm-hmm. he left last year brian came in who had sold a previous company called ascentis to ukg and mm-hmm. i had uh opined at the time and i in our prediction <laughs> show said yes isims will sell to ukg because if you want to sell if you can't go ipo sell the company to a big dog like ukg and why yeah. how what better way to do that than to have the guy that's already sold something to that company yeah. so yeah. connections uh, personal health family well-being aside that's a different story but mm-hmm. but as it is how i see this is brian got in there they weren't going to go ipo for probably one to two years didn't want to wait around, talk to UKG, talk to some other buyers, I'm sure, and realize like this is not happening. And if I can't sell this thing, if I'm not cashing out an IPO, then why stick around and thus the exit? It is very odd that people were blindsided by this, that there wasn't a sort of life's runway, someone to to come in uh, as soon as he was out. There's... It, it looks like the lights were on and and no one when one was home and there's you know push the panic button but this is not good news for isims uh, i'm sure we'll get more information as it trickles out but just mm. on the surface this looks bad for everybody i don't think it happened the way that you think it did i don't think yeah. he was looking at ipo i don't think he was looking at sale and it, everything was souring i don't think it had anything to do with that because if it did as a professional which he is mm-hmm. he would have backed out and they would have had a designed rollout of him leaving right and they would have had somebody to backfill asap so i think this is something that's uh i don't want to say a more akin to an emergency yeah. but you don't have somebody pull out any jet from an organization like this i mean that's just the most unprofessional thing to do in the world. But if it's family, mm-hmm. which is much more important important than business, or it is your personal health, which is again more important than business, then you hit that fucking eject button. 
Yeah, it definitely reeks of emergency. Had no mm. other choice. This was something I had, you know, I couldn't get get out of. So, yeah. uh, if that's the case. Our heart, heart and thoughts go out to him and his family. Yeah. What does Vista do, though? It's a rough spot to be in in the industry, and a lot of companies are going through this. This, uh, I don't know, no man's land of no IPO, no new money. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Are, what are we going to do? No buyers and uh, iSims. I think is in that category. But, so they go back to their portfolio of CEOs of all the companies that they've pushed money into and all the you know acquisitions that they've made or had made or, or what have you. They pick up the phone and they call our boy Amon Brar and say, <laughs> can you come out of retirement, baby? Come out, come out to Edison, New Jersey. And, and, and take our, no, maybe, maybe Al, maybe Al, t- no, Al probably wouldn't want to take up. Al like, doesn't want to do that. No, yeah, they, ha- they have a stable uh, <laughs> of, of, of they folks. Do. They have know, a portfolio. I, I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they have, they're, yeah. And they probably have a, an ATS full of potential CEOs. You know, <laughs> who knows? They're using, they're using Canada ID to, uh, to, to, <laughs> to comb the database warm. for potential CEOs, maybe. Oh, yeah. Geez, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Let's get to uh, our next story Harvard Business Review also known as the HBR, and our friends at Paradox have conducted research on the impact of AI in recruiting. Their study found that 97% of those using automated technologies and hiring reported positive outcomes, including more effective hiring and reduced candidate drop-off. The report also highlighted that 91% of decision makers believe AI and automation are crucial for long-term business success. Chad, your take on this new study from our friends at Harvard and Paradox. I, I believe this report is telling anyone with uh, half a brain what they already know. Or people listen to our show anyway. Yeah. Anybody who has half a brain kind of gets this. So here, yeah. here are my top three reasons why AI and automation and hiring are imminent. And, and it's actually backed by this report. Number one, humans can't scale fast enough to provide a great experience for candidates. So the black hole sucks. We know that. And it's damaging brands left and right. Number two, on the flip side. It's hard to retain great recruiters when they are saddled with mundane tasks like scheduling interviews. So this will help recruiter retention. And number three, the market is more fluid today than it ever has been. It's moving faster, uh, ups and downs, side to side. I mean, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. And we need systems that can reflect that uh, and that can meet the ever-changing market instead of stagnant tech stacks, which is exactly what we've had for years. So those are my three top reasons why this just makes sense. And I think everybody sees it coming. In the report, 92% said that uh, organizations need to invest more in talent acquisition to remain competitive. No shit. It's called talent Mm -hmm. acquisition. We need talent to be competitive. If we don't have talent, then we're fucked. 46% cited screening and assessments as tech they most want to improve in the hiring process. They should probably check out Plum.io, uh, followed by applicant communications at 39%. Funny, funny thing here. Just uh-huh. 4%, just 4% <laughs> yeah. said that their organization is currently very effective uh-huh. at hiring talent it needs. Yeah, no shit. Our industry is slow as fuck. And we have process methodologies that literally go back to pre- ATS. I mean, we're talking about paper shit. I mean, literally, they took papers and they went, put this electronically into our system, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still that far behind. 
Yeah, 4% saying that their that their shit is innovative <laughs> means there's 96% of the market that's ready to buy your yes. product, which is yes. which is great news uh for Paradox. By the way, did you have a list? Did you have a list of things to say yes. like you know you know what they say about your list though, Chad? What? 60% of the time <laughs> it works. Every, Every time. time. Yeah. All right. So that's, this study involved batting average, by the way, 300. It's not bad. Three. It's <laughs> Hall of Fame numbers. Uh, but free throw percentage, not so good. Uh, their study involved 326 senior leaders. Yeah. So these are the people who write the checks, uh, the people that care about the metrics, care about engagement, care about the black hole and getting rid of the black hole and, yeah. and worried about engagement. So it would make sense that that the people they asked would have such high numbers and percentages of favorability towards this. My question becomes, let's ask what the 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 franchise owner thinks. Let's ask what the the candidate thinks. Those would be much more interesting numbers because what we're seeing and we will talk about this at the end of the show, there are there's a growing number of stories about misscheduling, miscommunication, uh tech breakdown, um just perceptions being out of line with what reality is with job seekers and 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 business owners. So we talked about this. Uh, we talked about the article, I think, out of Fortune or wherever. Like a lot of this Forbes. is growing pains. A lot of this is like there'll be mm-hmm. bumps in the road. Um, but it would be interesting to see if they asked job seekers uh, how they felt about the, the process. Uh, it might be great, but we I haven't seen anything that shows me all job seekers are 100% behind chatbots and talking to robots. Um, 100% of all franchise owners are on board uh, with this technology. That would be a different number, I think, than the 326 senior executives that they uh, that they questioned on this survey. Asking job seekers anything is fucking worthless because first and foremost, they're doing it once in a while and they have really no idea on what the standard is. We know the standard shit and those talent acquisition professionals do. Now, franchise owners, I bet if you start asking them questions around uh, trying to get people in, scheduling, those types of things, I, I bet they'd be on board. I'd, I'd be interested in that. But the job seeker side of the house, a lot of those surveys that I've that I see weekly and we uh-huh. get flooded with on job seeker surveys, they're fucking ridiculous and they're worthless. They are. It's like asking asking my sister about uh, fucking nanotechnology. She'll get she'll give you what she thinks, but she has no fucking background or idea or standard to even understand it. Chad, let me remind you that we are a podcast of the people. We are <laughs> we listen to the people, Chad, and our people are the recruiters. It matters when one job seeker that's had a bad experience goes to TikTok, and hundreds of hundreds of thousands, if not a million plus people, see this. And drag your brand through the mud. That matters. It should matter to brand managers. It should matter to to marketers. It should matter to recruiters and people in our business. So to say that job seekers don't matter, social media says they do matter because people embrace this stuff and run with it. And it can be very detrimental to your brand. Uh, Let me bring out Bud Light. As an example of what social media the, can do, the Forbes article. I mean, the hack job on the Forbes article that we we talked about last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move from Forbes mm. to Bloomberg Law, one of my favorite publications, Chad. <laughs> as you can guess, uh, the EEOC settled its first AI-based hiring discrimination case. Let me repeat that: its first discrimination case against iTutor Group. To the tune of $365,000, the company allegedly programmed its recruitment software 
to reject older applicants. The story didn't say what old was defined as. I guess you can use your imagination mm. on that. However, the secrecy inherent to AI tools make it challenging for job seekers to even identify discrimination and report it to the EEOC in the first place. Employment attorneys say the agency is fighting an uphill battle as it typically relies on job seekers and employees to flag potential bias. Despite the EEOC's emphasis on addressing AI bias, there hasn't been any known litigation on the issue by the commission aside from this case on iTutor Group settlement. Chad, what's your take on this uphill battle for the EEOC? Yeah, I mean... That, that had nothing to do with AI. That had to do with stupid humans programming the the system to do stupid shit. Yeah. That's just dumb. That has nothing to do with AI. That has to do with stupid humans. One thing I thought was interesting, a uh, quote from the article, many AI tools which are becoming increasingly popular in HR de- HR departments are trained on historical data that contains built-in biases, end quote. Was it a bad bias or a good bias? In this case, it wasn't a bias at all. It was a stupid decision. Mm -hmm. The Amazon example was obviously a bad bias because it kicked out all females for tech roles. But you can also say that they're a good bias uh, if that bias has created a diverse talent pool in in the end product uh, in the hiring process. So you got to remember when you start using AI and automation to scale, you're in effect handling more candidates because your ability to scale with AI and automation, mm-hmm. the new ability to scale also scales your bias, meaning companies should see the bias good or bad much faster because the sample sizes are, are, are much larger. The key here for every single hiring company out there is auditing, having an audit expert on staff or just a phone call away, having frequent and regular audits and engaging with the EEOC and OFCCP to just demonstrate that you're trying to actually work through with some of these different measures. Uh, I I mean, I've worked with major fortune 500 companies from all over the, uh, all over the world with the OFCCP on the OFCCP side of the house in building the national labor exchange. And many of the biggest brands in the world had great relationships with the government auditors, while some companies tried to hang in the shadows, hoping they didn't get noticed. You're going to get noticed, which is why the smart companies have proactive outreach and proactive auditing. This is incredibly important. We're not going to get by with the, the vendor did it. Or the algorithm went awry. So this is a good time to mention uh, we're doing a, a thing with Jim uh, yeah. next week with uh, EEOC Commissioner uh, Keith Sonderling. And I, I think this is a fascinating issue. Uh, I'm no lawyer. Uh, I only read Bloomberg Law when it comes up on my feed. <laughs> but this seems to me like a real nasty game of whack-a-mole. Um, historically, yes, whistleblowers came to the EOC Um Told, told them about what their companies were doing. Obviously, if more people came out, that raised the red flag that much more. If it's harder and harder for whistleblowers to know what the hell is going on, then then does the flow of reporting decrease uh, to the EOC? That's something I'd love to ask uh, our friend Keith Sonderling. Mm-hmm. D- is the EOC creating any technology around applying to jobs in a scaled fashion where they can do it quickly to see like, can we trip up a company's uh, AI to discriminate against us, whether it's birthday or where they Mm -hmm. graduated or something like their name. That would be interesting to know if the EOC is doing stuff like that, because I think their ability to scale 
and find uh, discrimination cases is going to take technology and not just people reporting. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because we've we've actually talked to, you know, some quote unquote experts who have gone through and done and actually did what you did. Right. They applied for jobs. Yep. That's not how you do it, because you can't scale that way. That's one. That's an anecdote. So what you do is you have the data and I've been through these audits before. Mm-hmm. The thing is you're going to, the numbers are the numbers, whether they're, those numbers are 10 X or not, it doesn't matter. You're still going to have that pipeline and the um, continuing way that we're auditing today and we're going through audits today, they can continue because the, the audits are the same. It's just the point in which we're finding the bias in which mm-hmm. all the females are getting knocked out. Right. That, that's part of the process. So, yeah, you, they're not going to be going through much like you described. That's 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 anecdotal. Uh, they're going to be going through the data and that's what they've done for years. They will continue to do that. They've got laws in the books that demonstrate that. So I don't see that as a problem. I see that as for, for the EEOC. I see it as a problem for companies mm-hmm. to be able to keep up with it. So they need to audit themselves more frequently to ensure that if they do have algorithms in place, and they are based on any type of behavior whatsoever, then they can they can start to have signals that uh, that are indicators that say, hey, we need we need to check this out. I'm glad you said females knocked out and not knocked up. Just the tip. Let's take a quick break and talk some more news. All right, Chad, a company we never talk about, but is a public company, <laughs> and we probably should talk about them more is in the news. Recruiter.com group is selling intellectual property, including the domain recruiter.com to RPO company Job Mobs. The deal involves a $1.5 million cash payment at closing, an additional $250,000 after 90 days, and a 10% stake in Job Mobs for, re- job mobs for recruiter.com shareholders. The two companies have agreed to share quarterly profits starting in Q1 2024 and have entered a three-year services agreement with Recruiter.com Group managing online services like job boards and their recruiter marketplace. Chad, any thoughts on the Recruiter.com job mobs deal? The best thing about Recruiter.com is the domain. Uh, The rest of it just seems like the island of misfit toys. I I, I know they've been around for a while. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't tell you what they do. It's it's all over the place uh, for me. So, I mean, I I think I would use them almost as an example for many startups that are out there is don't do business like that. Uh, I mean, because they're all over the place and, and... how can I not know what the fuck that company is doing? <laughs> a company named Recruiter.com that's had acquisitions. To me, it is one of the strangest animals mm-hmm. that has been in our space for a very long time. And I'm surprised they're still alive. So this is a, a public company, but don't get excited, people. This is a 25 cent penny stock. Uh, it's up 25 some percent on this news, but it didn't have far to go uh, to get to 20 percent. <laughs> uh, this was a $30 stock not that long ago, uh, but they've had reverse stock splits. Most recently is 2021. It's just a crappy business. There's neural. It's it's a weird ride of like acquisitions, restructuring, selling IP. They just sold their healthcare component to somebody. Um, Miles Jennings, who's the, I think, founder or CEO I've known for a long time, nice yeah. guy, but you're right. Like for a show that covers this industry, 
we know very little, if not anything about this company, like their marketing sucks. They never reach out to us with news. Uh, I only knew about this news because I went and looked at this, this news story and then found out all the crazy shit that they've been doing for the last five to, to seven years. Um, mm-hmm. Look, G2 for reviews is kind of the, the, the go-to. So I went to G2 to see the kind of reviews uh, recruit, uh, recruit.com, recruiter.com has. They have one fucking review. <laughs> one review of someone that uses their services on G2. Did Miles do that it, review? <laughs> it's anonymous. It's okay, anonymous. Okay. Who okay. knows? Okay. Uh, like via Glassdoor, they have an overall rating of three, about 3.1 out of 5 based on 45 reviews left by employees. Mm-hmm. 54% uh, of employees would only would recommend. So like half would recommend working there. 48% had a positive outlook for the company. So basically we're talking like Joe Biden territory for favorability with the employees. This is not a good look for a company. It's not really good signs for a prosperous growing company that you should invest in. And to me, this is just the wheels falling off and getting rid of the domain, which you said is probably the one thing that they have that's a value. Uh, just does not bode well for the the future of this company. I suspect they'll be delisted uh, at some point from from yes. the public markets. But uh, uh, whether or not we'll know about it, who knows? Because they've never reached out before. Maybe we should add them to the newsfeed and see if anything <laughs> comes over. But otherwise, this company is a big, big nothing burger for the most part. But but we do like we do like Miles. We do like Miles. All right, next story. Uh, let's talk about tech jobs and college degrees. Uh, LinkedIn research shows that job advertisements in the UK not requiring a college degree increased by 90 percent between 2021 and 2022. The trend towards skills based hiring is exemplified by companies like Google, Microsoft, IBM and Apple removing degree requirements to increase diversity in their talent pools. The emphasis on skills over degrees has raised concerned, concerns for recent graduates who are racking up record amounts of debt in the process. Chad, I know you have a few thoughts on college degrees and the need for one or not. Uh, degrees for many jobs have long been a filtering mechanism for talent acquisition professionals. Uh, hiring companies had too many candidates applying for jobs and they couldn't manage it. So instead of building more efficient tech stacks or processes, they would add a bachelor's degree or master's degree to the job requirement to cut the amount of quote unquote qualified candidates. So now guess what kids, the pendulum swings the other way and hiring companies are falling, falling flat on their face. To me, it just, none of this makes sense. It didn't make sense in the first place when we started to see this happen because we started mm-hmm. to see college degrees going up. And that was when the, the, the market was different and we had more job seekers than we had jobs, right? Yep. But when it swings back around the other way, which it has, you're fucking yourself. So instead of just fixing it, this is like a Band-Aid on a sunken chest wound. And and that's what happens. So I'm old enough to remember the days where if you didn't have a college degree, just don't even fucking try or think about applying to most jobs, frankly, uh, that were out there. The world has changed significantly. We have online learning. We have gig economies. We have uh, greater greater competition for employers to where they, they should relax the degree 
uh, mandate on on candidates. I think the diversity play was big in that 2020, 21, 22 timeframe. I think maybe they said they were doing that for that, but I think competition was such that they, if they didn't remove that, uh, they would find it much harder to, to hire people. You can get degrees, you can get credentialed online, particularly for developing jobs, engineering, uh, cybersecurity, for example. Like you can get a basic degree certification for that and get a job a well-paying job uh, pretty quickly. So high school graduates are figuring out, well, I don't have to go to college. I can go for six months or a year and have a job at a, a pretty nice uh, pretty nice position as a cybersecurity mm-hmm. professional or whatever. Um, your kids are out of the nest. Uh, I have kids that are entering you know, high, late high school to college uh, areas. And, and my advice to them is, you know, I still think long-term that, uh, that brands are important. Uh, to have something where... People are lazy. People like shorthand. People want to see a, a LinkedIn profile that has a college that I recognize to know, okay, this person is educated or this person is a certain uh, certain skill set or, or has achieved this certain level of success in life. I think for the tier two schools, for the small liberal arts schools that cost a fortune, look, no one in California knows what DePaul or Hanover uh, is right, and those schools cost a ton of money. If you go out of state, just a state school, it's three x. If my kids go to Wisconsin versus you know Indiana, so I think like for me, and this is just personal story. If you're a college that isn't a brand name, I think that the value of what you have, unless it's a real specific skill like a Rose Holman for engineering, that your value to people is only going to go down because it used to be a day where you just had to have a degree. The people that would go to a, a state school, a second tier school uh, that would have normally stayed four years just because they had to have the degree to have the job, they don't need that anymore. So those schools in the middle, I think, are going to suffer quite a bit um, as people need them less and less and certainly don't need the bill and the headaches that come with with those degrees going into the future. So to me, this is a natural evolution of of kind of how the education educational system is going to shake out. You're you're a little biased too. You have a a wife that's a professor, and your kids can prospectively go to school for free, which is which is not the case for for most. And and going into debt, which is which is a wonderful thing for your family, but for most Americans, it's just not the case. So it's half off, not free. And my wife married me, so how fucking smart can she actually be? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's it's not a good future. For her yeah, either. You were smart. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, some layoffs in tech. Sorry, job strength in tech. There you go. Despite a series of high profile layoffs in big tech over the past year, the jobs outlook in the sector has held fairly strong tech crunch reports. It notes that the overall July jobs report was, quote, more than decent for a supposedly slowing economy, end quote, with unemployment at 3.6% nationally. But zooming in on tech shows a sector with unemployment now back under 2% based on CompTIA research. The number of digital job openings is still growing too, though at a slower pace compared to last year. Chad, your talk, your take on the consistently strong job market for techies. The tech industry isn't only about for tech companies, right? The trucking company or the trucking industry needs tech people. Education, communication, retail, entertainment healthcare, financial services, yada, yada, yada. All those industries need tech people. This is this is always going to be strong and it, it should continue to be strong. Uh, then add the CHIPS Act into the equation as we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough talent 
for the jobs the government is creating. Yes, the, the U.S. government is creating jobs and corporate America is falling flat on their face again. That's the thing. Both the tech and the degree examples demonstrate that in the past, we, talent acquisition, we weren't really trying to fix the problem and meet the market where it was. We need to invest in our middle schools, our high schools, our community colleges, things that are close, and we need to start creating actual talent pipelines around these tech sector positions. And and again, we had a whole pretty much segment last week around chips on this. We have to be able to be smarter in building for the next 10 to 20 to 30 years instead of like we do here in the US, we're only thinking quarter to quarter. We can't, we can't, continue to live and strive that way. Yep. By the way, I have a call out to Eric Estrada. He's still on the fence about coming on the show to talk about the chips <laughs> act. I think he's confused yes. about what we, what wait. we actually want to talk about. So I can't wait. So for years, big tech hoarded, hoarded the best developers in the yep. world. Uh, and companies that wanted great tech talent couldn't afford it. Couldn't get access yeah. to it because the Googles and the apples of the world just overpaid and hoarded hoarded tech people and money was free. Well, those big tech companies have laid off a lot of tech workers. So companies that couldn't afford those workers a year ago, two years ago, suddenly find themselves in a position where, holy shit, this these developers that used to work at these big companies now want to work for me. So you can bet your ass that if I get access to this talent and I have stuff I've, I've wanted to build for months or years... I'm going to hire this talent and get this stuff built and grow my company. I think that's what we're seeing now with 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 strength in the the tech sector. You mentioned the chip stuff. Cybersecurity remains a big thing. We got solar and uh, batteries and lit. Like there's so yeah. much new stuff that these companies. And, and you're also talking about startups and AI and and environmental um, businesses for climate change that are coming on online and and they're being founded by these same developers that are then turning around and hiring their friends that were at the company and saying, Hey, come work for us and get stock and like make it big. So the evolution of this is just trickling down to they're being released. These, these, this talent, this talent pool has been released. They've been freed and now they're going off and and doing their own thing and getting new opportunities. More. Yeah. Yeah. The question is, we don't have enough people for the chips uh, to be made in this country. So we need to we need to lax our immigration rules to let these folks in and let them stay once they get a college degree or get educated in this uh, in these industries. AI to me is only going to support the growth of more and more of these businesses, because if you don't need if you need three developers instead of 10, or you need 10 instead of 20, AI will will support that. But those folks are going to go get jobs to other companies where they're needed. And this will just sort of domino effect. But to me, if you're in the tech sector, I initially thought this is a bad sign for like sites that help you find and hire tech folks. But some of this data out of TechCrunch tells me that, geez, there's, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of runway for yeah. talented tech people to get jobs, to start companies. Once the capital starts getting freed, with inflation going down or the 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 borrowing rate going down, like Katie bar the door, there's going to be so many companies get so much money uh, around these ideas and initiatives that it's going to be uh, fun to talk about. And we're going to get a lot of new companies, I'm sure, do some cool stuff in our space as well. Let's take a quick break and talk about McDonald's as we're on the cusp of, you guessed it, lunch. Mickey D's. 
All right, Chad, a TikTok user. You've heard of TikTok, right? Yeah. If, uh, yeah. If you're not so. following us on TikTok, we're putting our shorts from the show up. Uh, it's a nice little highlight reel. Oh, it's fun. What's going yeah. on. Anyway, it's fun. a TikTok user, let's call him Tristan because that's his <laughs> username, recently <laughs> criticized McDonald's in a video after he arrived on time for a scheduled job interview. Oh, let's just have a listen and, and you can decide for yourself. I applied at McDonald's in my hometown. And I had an interview at 11 o'clock. It is now 11.08. And you're thinking, why are you in your car, Tristan? So here's confirmation of text, multiple texts from the recruiter saying, hey, you have an interview, 30-minute interview on August 10th, which is today at 11 a.m. Your interview will be held at this location. Then, hey, again, 10.01. Hey, Tristan, your 30-minute in-person interview will be held at McDonald's in one hour, reminding me. This was yesterday telling me that this is happening. All of it following the, this is the whole thread of the application process, verification, the interview time, the interview day, how long it's going to be. I walk up to the front counter at 10.50 and I say, hello, I am here for an interview. Guy looks at me dead in the face and says, no, you don't. <laughs> and I said, um, I do. I have filled out the application online. He said, no, you don't. No one's here to interview. Starts handing me a paper application and said, no, you have to fill the application on paper. And I said, I've been receiving text from the recruiter here. It's supposed to be at 11. So yeah, no one's here to hire you. So hands me a piece of paper, hands me a pen, goes back to work, and like nothing happened. So I'm sitting there like, I shouldn't have to take this because I've had multiple texts. And I've had multiple confirmation. I've talked to a physical recruiter about what time this is supposed to be. I set this up with a physical or a virtually physical person, you know, talked to the other lady and she said, yeah, that person that's supposed to interview you is not supposed to be here for another two hours. And I was like, they want me to wait for two hours. Virtually physical. So some things are really interesting here. He thinks he's actually talking to a recruiter. Like, I think he really thinks a human being, he says virtually like, but I know this because my son applied to McDonald's through yeah. Paradox and Olivia and yeah. the same process happened. Text messages, schedule, yeah. get fired up, your interviews today. And there's a, there's apparently a disconnect. I don't know if it's widespread. So what happened with your son? Did, did When he got there, were they ready? They were ready. I okay. mean, they, they had either this McDonald's totally dropped the ball. But anyway, like I was saying, this guy's posts, 400,000 some views, a ton of comments yeah. of people saying, I, I, same thing. They weren't all McDonald's, of course. Walmart was in there. I think Target, a couple Domino's maybe uh, I saw comments on. So we need to get the tech and the humans right uh, with this, with automation and the humans at the location to make sure this stuff doesn't happen because job seekers think they're talking to real people. And when you're not there, when they show up and you don't show up for two hours, like that's bad for everybody. What are your thoughts? I think it's fairly simple. This is a human problem, period. Uh, number one, from a, a management problem, being able to actually manage your own fucking calendar when you have a system that's doing all the work for you. And number two, the setup on the front end, this is a human problem. I mean, literally, it's it's getting mad at the hammer when you needed a screwdriver in the first fucking place. I mean, th these guys, it, 
it drives me fucking crazy. So McDonald's in that case is more than likely it was a franchise issue. Yeah. Uh, I know that like, you know, I've heard many individuals who have gone through McDonald's like, like uh, Cole did. And it was like, boom, it was quick. It was easy. It was streamlined. It was nothing. Mm-hmm. These are the blips in the radar, which you are correct that uh, are going to get a lot of views that could be one location. That's a problem in the tens of thousands that are throughout the United States. Uh, technology would be great if it weren't for all the people. The worker had no clue either. So yeah. like the management at this McDonald's needs to let everyone know like, hey, we have this computer system that chats with candidates. And if they come in and say, I've applied like they have through this system and not hand someone a paper application like that's just miserable. You need to educate yes. your people on what the hell is going on. By the way, Chad, Horrible. have you heard Mark Zuckerberg? regularly eats 4,000 calories at McDonald's as part of his new training regimen. Oh, yes. Here's his diet, Chad. 20 McNuggets, a quarter pounder, large fries, Oreo McFlurry, apple pie, and a couple of the cheeseburgers just for some snacks later. Are you kidding me? What a lightweight. What kind of weak ass is that shit, Chad? <laughs> That's what I call a snack. We out. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuckleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.